Before we dive into this podcast, we want to introduce you to our sponsor, TylerMade. Established in 2008, TylerMade is a family-owned and run business built on traditional values of trust, honesty, and integrity. When you visit TylerMade's showroom, you'll experience firsthand their commitment to these values through their honest pricing with no hidden fees and service with a genuine smile. Each tile specialist is knowledgeable in all areas, from features and benefits to measuring and layout, ensuring you receive the best advice and service possible. TileMade's vision is to become one of the largest and most successful tile manufacturers of high-end quality products with a stylish and exclusive range of products distributed worldwide to both wholesale and retail markets. Their mission is to manufacture high-quality tiles and surpass expectations by offering competitive prices to an ongoing commitment to customer satisfaction and dedication to continuous improvement. We're proud to have TileMade as our sponsor and invite you to visit their showroom in Cooparoo or check out their products online at tylermate.com.au. This is Tom Trebojevic, fullback for the Manly Ringer Seagulls, and you're listening to the Supercoach Champions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. Well, round 14 had a bit of everything. Nathan Cleary goes down untouched. Dylan Brown's touch gets him into trouble. Papa Lee just touched Fogarty's plant leg and cost the Tigers the win. We wonder if Craig Bellamy's lost his golden touch and the NRL proves it's out of touch by allowing Turbo and his Category 1 concussion to play this week. Joining me as we touch on all the Supercoach news for the week, it's Wilf. Hey, Joe. Yeah, that, that, that's, <laughs> I think that's one of your best intros yet, I have to say. No, I um, had to really hold back not to burst out laughing there, so well done, well done. Appreciate that. Um, mate, I wasn't going to mention uh, who you captained this week because I know you're a bit touchy about it. Um, how'd your week go? Yeah, look, 11.33, so not too bad in the end, obviously with uh, captain Nathan Cleary when I could have potentially looped uh, Cody Walker's 100, but yeah, look, it... It started off very brightly and, you know, shades of uh, magic around Pappenhausen. <laughs> Shortly after he gets his first attacking stat early in the game, he just, yeah, unfortunately limps off with that hammy injury. It is what it is basically, right? Super coach, it happens all the time. Sometimes it just happens to at the worst possible timing of it all basically. But yeah. Look. Yeah, 31, point, 31 points after 10 minutes. You got it right, effectively. Well, look, it isn't quite like where Nico Hines filled in for Pappenhausen and still went 180 or whatever. Like Jack Cogger stepped in and didn't really do too much. So I'll take solace in that. But somehow I managed to actually, uh, yeah, nudge ahead of you for this week somehow. Yeah, for the first time all season, you being uh, not being a Fafita owner actually worked in your favour, mate. So, yeah, 11.21 for me. Only dropped me the four spots given how popular Cleary was as a captain. So I'm 3.74. Matt is not too far behind. Um, He's ranked 4.5 or, you know, 4,500. But both Timmy and Guy are in the top 1,000. Tim uh, coming 983rd. And Guy, he's actually pacing us all uh, 285 overall. He got a 12.52, so had a huge week. Yeah, massive week for him. And look, it he's obviously slipped ahead of yourself there, but this is like a, a matter of 35, 40 points between the two of you. I'm only in another 200, 250 points behind you both, so it's still super compressed. And yeah, I think anyone is still in with the shot of making the top 1,000 with two big buy rounds left and plenty of drama, no doubt, to keep continuing. 
our $500 champs only bonus leader is still Team X, slipping to 43rd, unfortunately. But yeah, just looking at the team, looking at the players and the trades and stuff, it certainly seems like they're in a good spot to continue their charge. Quick shout out to the champions, 20 head-to-head two league up to 16th overall. So yeah, they're obviously going strong, even though it's a head-to-head league and it's the buy period. So that's kind of weird. And uh, the Podmasters Cup uh, from 8th to 9th, so still in the top 10, still a chance of going back-to-back as number one top overall 20-team league. But anyway, enough of that. Let's jump straight to the news for the week. All right, so actual news stuff. Uh, You already mentioned it, but Dylan Brown obviously has been arrested and charged with five counts of sexual touching. Uh, long story short, that was used to be known as uh, indecent assault, I believe, in New South Wales, but they changed it in 2018 for some reason because somehow sexual touching sounds better than, yeah, no, let's not go there. Yeah. Uh, look, so he's been <laughs> named, obviously, but he does face court tomorrow and it's a massive to be confirmed on whether he's going to be stood down under the no-fault stand-down policy. Just real briefly, so normally that policy only kicks in when there's 11 year prison sentence as a potential outcome uh, or more. But uh, with this current situation, because the NRL policy does say that if there is uh, involvement of women and children in the alleged uh, crime, then that's where they have discretion to enforce the snow stand down, regardless of the years that might be faced if there is any jail time. So I think for sexual touching, it's a maximum of five years if uh, found guilty, obviously. So yeah, just uh, obviously a really unpleasant situation for all involved. Uh, you know, we do know Dylan's got the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. So, you know, we're not going to comment much more on that. No. The one, the, sorry, yeah. Oh, the, the one thing we do know, obviously, is that the NRL policy is ironclad and won't be changed. Uh, so Tommy Turbo, Category 1 concussion. Yeah. So buckle up because... <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, some of you have probably have seen me kind of uh, vent my frustrations on uh, definitely on Discord, on, on Twitter a little bit as well, and just generally anyone who who listen because I'm quite frustrated at the situation. So the reason for this is not because Turbo's playing. I don't care. I love the fact that Turbo's playing because I've said this all the time, you know, he's one of my favorite players to watch. The NRL is a better place whenever Turbo's on the field. I think it, this is not about Tommy Turbo himself. It's not even about the, uh, the the outcome itself because I do, you know, I agree. Like, I don't think he's concussed. I think he's fine to play. My issue with this whole thing is this bloody 11-day mandatory stand-down policy and how amateurish the NRL looks in trying to manage this whole situation. So I just wanted to, you know, go back a little. So let's just, let's not forget that the NRL actually introduced the policy back in 2021 where it's basically said that if there is an actual diagnosed concussion, that they should basically sit sit out uh, for 11 days, right? So that policy actually has been in place the whole time. It's just that that policy could be circumvented by the fact that you can get clearance from an independent neurologist. So that's not changed. What changed was in just before round three. So again, the NRL in all its infinite wisdom and planning and not random changes mid-season. They've changed the head injury protocol, basically. And who knows why it couldn't be done before the preseason 
ended or, or whatever, but round three to decide it needs, to, it needed to take effect. But basically what they've done is they've turned that 11 day period into a mandatory period for anyone who's diagnosed with a concussion. Now, then it goes on to say in exceptional circumstances, clubs will have the ability to apply for exemption to the 11 day standout period. Again, through this review by an independent neurological expert appointed by the NRL. It goes on to say that applications are only allowable where the following criteria are met. So category one signs slash symptoms are not observed. So that very first one is where it all falls down because Tommy Turbo was ruled out on Due origin to a night. One concussion. Yeah. yeah. So just to be really clear, this is not about a categorization of the concussion. Uh, This is why I've got such a bug there with the wording because it's very clearly about the signs slash symptoms. So Mm. category one symptoms being exhibited, it it involves stuff like basically they're knocked out, right? They've lost consciousness. They can't stand up without, you know, falling over. They have no protective action when they're falling, stuff like that. It also involves when they're trying to get up, they can't balance and if you watch closely what happens like, and I think this is why the assessment from the independent doctor on the night was that he considered turbo to have exhibited category one symptoms because turbo tries to get up and he, he wobbles and he falls like he loses his balance and he tries again. And then he leans back onto the ground. So it's two attempts to get up and it looks like he's lost his balance. Now, I don't know if that, you know, is definitively a category one symptom. And, you know, like, I, I think it's a matter of opinion. The problem is the, the only person's opinion that matters at that point is the independent doctor who's in charge of making that assessment. He's gone and said, I consider Turbo to have exhibited category one signs of concussion. So that's ruled him out automatically and means that technically there's no application that should be allowable for an exemption from this 11-day mandatory stand-down period, independent neurological expert or not. So that's, I think, my issue with this because the NRL can't even follow its own procedure, right? I know that we had the drama with the Charles Nickel quick start and, and Lisa Katoa issues already, but this is like a whole new level because it's not even like some grey area about the 10 days or whatever. It's literally saying we're allowing this appeal because there's multiple medical experts saying we don't agree with the independent doctor's assessment. And look, that's fine. You can disagree with it. It doesn't mean the independent doctor's wrong. Hmm. It's ultimately the fact that their opinion is what counted at the time. And it it's just, you know, again, from a legal standpoint, it's massively opening up the NRL to liability in the future yeah. because they're not even following their own protocols that they put in place supposedly to protect against concussion. Yeah. And there's also, you know, it's going to open up a whole can of worms because if Turbo can get this exemption, like despite having been ruled out from Category 1 symptoms being exhibited, then what's to stop, like, say, I mean, Justin Olam was ruled out. Uh, There's a few other players this week who were also in the same situation. What's to stop them from trying something similar? So I think think what you're not factoring in, though, Wilf, is that Manly really, really, really want him to play. (laughs) So, you know, when you start viewing it through that lens, then I think um, play on. 
<laughs> rant over, mate. I'm call. I'm calling rant. I gave you plenty of uh, plenty I of. Appreciate. Leeway I feel there. better. I feel better now. Okay. <laughs> very very cathartic. The only other news we had, um, not really news, uh, because it's you know been coming for two weeks. Jared Croker's three hundredth at home against the Warriors on Friday night. Going to be a great occasion. Um, it seems in the last few weeks you can't say uh, Jared Croker with uh, without the rest of his name. By all accounts, a great bloke. Um, seems to be what you have to say about Croker. So haven't met him, but uh, 300 games when I, when I think we all thought he was never going to get there uh, is a hell of an achievement, but that's the news. What's the matter? Have you ever seen a football injury before, you wimps? Let's go. All right, so the big injury, obviously, it's Nathan Cleary. He's done his hammy mid-game. He's now, scans come back. He's been ruled out for up to six weeks. So that could potentially cover not just Origin 2, but also Origin 3. That means, you know, he's probably going to miss around 20 potentially as well. So maybe he might be back around 21. So that is a few games, more than what we were expecting now. I, I think I've seen a lot of people say, look, you've got to trade him out. I'm not entirely sure. Like, I mean, what are you planning to do off the top of your head? Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to do anything this week because the the obvious person to slide him over to is Moses and, you know, no less a, a people than Phil Gould and others are calling for him to get the seven uh, for New South Wales. And and just given how desperate Freddie's going to be, you just can't predict it. And, and that would just kill your team uh, if Moses plays Origin 2 and 3 when the reason to bring him in is the fact that he plays those buy rounds. So... Obviously, it sucks having the best, you know, nine hundred odd grand uh, sitting there on your bench. But I think at least for a week until Origin teams are named, you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you uh, if you took the risk. I think. Yeah, I think I, I would agree on that one. With if if the plan is to trade him to Moses, I mean, there are a couple of other names that you could consider, but you know, we'll, we'll go into that a little bit later. I, I wonder, like though, because most of us would have planned for Cleary to be missing a, a you know a fair few games in the coming weeks. I mean, we would have expected him to play this week, obviously. But, you know, he was always missing round 16, potentially missing round 17. And, you know, he, we probably would have expected to have him for round 18 against the Storm, but he was never playing round 19. And most likely, I don't think any of us factored in having him in for round 20 either, backing up from, you know, Origin 3. So realistically, we're only missing him for two more games than what we were planning to have him for from now until round 21. So... I know you've talked about having a lot of money sitting on the pine, but most of us, if you're committed to holding him, you're going to have him there and only have him for two games more than what most likely we're going to get him for now. So I wonder if there's a you know a genuine case to just hold him. I mean, there is a real case, which you outlined so eloquently there. Um, it just depends, again, if you're going to have, uh, you know, Cleary's money, who knows what happens with Dylan Brown. That's uncertainty. I mean, what's that? One point seven million dollars. So on 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 your bench just from those two players, and then you know, are you going to hold for feeder, which is another nine hundred grand? So I mean, a lot of people throwing carnage around. It's an overused term, obviously, with the teams, but that is, oh god, the math: two point six million. Uh, just from those three players um, sitting there, all of which you can make a case uh, to hold, um, all of which you can make a case to trade out. And I think we'll look back on this week as being utterly pivotal, 
based on those on those decisions, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I mean, you know, we always say it's team specific, but obviously if you've got Nathan Cleary and like an Isaiah Katoa or whatever, then yeah, surely you're trading out Cleary uh, in that situation. If you've got Nico Hines, like a lot of us do, then I think he's a genuine, you know, hold. If you don't need that money elsewhere, you don't have other players you're holding. Uh, you know, obviously the Dylan Brown situation is tough because we just don't know. We might have a better idea by this time tomorrow, depending on what happens at court and all that type of stuff. But yeah, that's obviously a massive watch for this week. Uh, the only thing I look, you mentioned Dave Fafita, so let's move to him. So he's been rested this game, apparently. The Titans came out and said it's a precautionary resting because he had possible delayed concussion symptoms. Now, I joked that possible delayed concussion symptoms include stuff like fatigue and uh, sleeping too much. They are legitimate <laughs> concussion yeah. symptoms that you can look up. Laziness also, scoring 16 points last week for uh, my team. That's, uh, that's a possible concussion right there. <laughs> look, all, all I'm saying is that it, it's, I think it's obviously a different situation. We don't know if there's actually a concussion there. The Titans aren't saying that there is either. They've, you know, they've gone out the way to say it's possible symptoms and they've they've rested him out of precaution basically so but good on them by the way because they're looking after his welfare and there probably should be a little bit more of that it'll also be his third game in like eight days something like that so yeah. fair enough there hmm. i do think there's a there's a greater argument you know i almost think like between fafita and cleary like fafita might be the one you actually trade out rather than holding cleary just because of you know what fafita's obviously got that 149 break even now uh, he is, you know, 40 grand more than Cleary. Cleary's value won't change, obviously, till he comes back. Whereas for Fida, you know, if he he's not playing this week, he's not playing next week, you know, does he come back and pay off the bench if he plays at all in round 17? You know, if that's the case, then then he'll have uh, one game against the Raiders and then, you know, off to Origin 3. You know, there's a, there's a genuine chance with that break even that he could come back around 20, round 21, you know, 150 to 200K cheaper than what he is now. So... To me, that's kind of how I'd look at it. Obviously, depending on your depth at, at second row and in your team generally. Non-origin players. Uh, I think that's the uh, that's the answer. Um, <laughs> Kiwis, Brits, Samoans, Tongans, whoever you can get uh, who aren't going to have this uncertainty uh, might be the way to go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, going through the other injuries. So, unfortunately, Jeremy Marshall King was a late withdrawal due to his AC joint injury. He's ruled out the final team list, although it was reported he was in doubt for a couple of days. Been named this week, but obviously still keep an eye out for that. Now, Branko Lee did leave the field last week uh, due to a calf strain, and that's obviously where we had uh, Val Meninga get a run, decent run, and you know got some junk attack stats to save his score. Branko's been named, but I think yeah, massive watch there. Obviously, Branko's had a lot of uh, lower limb injury issues there. Now, Tom Gilbert, who hurt his shoulder in origin, now has been ruled out for the season. He's going for a shoulder reconstruction. So, yeah, a bit of a opportunity there for minutes in the Dolphins pack. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, last week the, the likes of Connolly Lemuelu. Uh, he's obviously, you know, locked in now. But someone like a Ray Stone, he's been starting at lock a lot. Uh, when Gilbert's been out, that's certainly a, a consideration the one thing I will say is Felice Kafusi, I think, will be back from suspension from round 17 onwards. So that's uh, obviously a big question mark there for Felice. You know, does that push, you know, Kenny Bromwich to lock or, you know, whatever they do? So 
I do think Stone will get a bigger role regardless as a result of it, but it may not be as good as it looks in, I think he's called, what, 50, 60 points last week? Yeah. Quite quite good for the price tag there. A uh, couple of other concerns for the Rabbitohs players. You've got Cam Murray, obviously, you know, scored poorly and lived off of a groin issue. Not named this week, but obviously is reported to be okay for Origin 2. Jai Arrow's got a syndesmosis injury. He's going to be up for eight to, uh, up to eight weeks. So that's obviously a massive blow for Queensland and also the Bunnies there. So definitely minutes on offer. Latrell Mitchell's still out with that calf issue, but again, should be right for Origin 2. These guys are obviously prioritizing their clubs this this year. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple of last ones. Sam Walker, he's still missing because apparently, you know, aside from being still in a brace, he's he's re-aggravated that strain. So he might be another three, four weeks away. So good news for those with Joey Mato in there looking at him scoring at five eighth. Uh Jacob Karaz, he hyperextended his elbow at training last week. Uh, it wasn't in the team, has been named and is expected to return. So I know you were very keen on him last week. Do you have any pause with the elbow issue or is he straight in? No, I mean, if, if the if the mail is that he's the elbow is good to go, you know, it could be a blessing in disguise because it, it's an extra kind of week to rest that MCL injury that, that was clearly affecting him pre, pre-buy. So um, he's obviously gone incredibly priced. I think he's 486K, something like that. Um, so, and with the Bulldogs buy schedule, is someone in the centre wing that I think should be automatic, um, you know, if, if he looks good to go. Um, unfortunately, I did bring Manu in instead of Kiraz, and despite, you know, the Roosters putting some points on the Bulldogs, Manu still didn't score too much. So, you know, Sam Walker be damned. Uh, keep him at 5-8 and just hope he turns it around. The hero ball didn't come through for you. It did not for once. Uh, Brad Parker fractured his elbow last week. He's expected to miss four to six weeks. So unfortunately, that does have flow-on effects to one Ruben Garrick, who's most likely going to play left centre until he's back. How does that make you feel about his prospects? Because we've seen only only really one game so far, but I think he scored less than 45 that one. So a bit of a concern there. It does not make me feel good. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, And only because the way Manly plays, particularly with Turbo, tends to cut the centre out um, on those sweeping plays or they're really good to just shuffle it on to Garrick. But, but Turbo throwing the cutout to the winger is where Garrick's feasted in recent years. Um, it's a really big worry, frankly. I've got Garrick. I'm worried about it. Unfortunately, he's not even close to the top two concerns in my team uh, right now. But if somehow you've dodged you know, all the other mess that's going on, Garrick to Karaz is, is a great move. I mean, he's, he's what, obviously a good, uh, a tad bit over 700K, sitting with a 57 break even. So I guess with him covering around 16, I mean, that's next week. So I wouldn't really overreact too much. Yeah. One thing I will say is that most likely you're going to want him at the end of the season, right? Once Brad Parker's back and Garrett can go back to the wing. But I guess what what bugs me about that is that the, there is a genuine chance maybe he just stays at left center because you know, there was that preseason chat that he really wanted to play center. Apparently so. I mean, and he's a good centre. He certainly played reasonably well, just not from a super catch perspective. So, yeah, it, it kills him. It kills his value. And, yeah, I, I had you know forgotten about his break even being reasonable. So you, you do want to hold him uh, for round 16. Lastly, Jack DeBella and Rocco Berry. 
Justin Ollum and also Reed Marnie all diagnosed with concussion. Now, the first three, Debellin, Berry and Ollum, all considered Category 1, I believe. Although Ollum, he failed his HIA, but uh, I don't think there was a categorization that's been released. Those first three haven't been named. Now, Reed Marnie has been named, but he was apparently considered to only have exhibited Category 2 symptoms. So this is where the protocol does work because he can apply for exemption without any dramas because he is he fits into that criteria basically so in that situation he can go through the same process that's been in place the last couple of years just independent neurological expert get that clearance and he'll probably play so i expect him to play given obviously the fact that he's been named and phil gould has been very vocal on twitter about them confident that he'll be ready to go for the week yeah and they did it was interesting because uh i read the the neurolo- uh, neurologist questions that they asked the player to see if they can get an exemption. And the first question is, does your club really, really, really want you to play? <laughs> and if you say yes to that, well, you're named in team list Tuesday. But uh, in terms of the judiciary, uh, Joseph Suwali'i cops three games, as does uh, Jared Wallace and Anthony Milford. Chris Randall gets a game and a whole bunch of other people free to play after entering early guilty pleas and copping fines. But how does that affect Teamless Tuesday? Let's get to the Teamless. Stephen, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. Except you, you and you. Titans Tigers Thursday night up at Seabus. Uh, the Titans have issued a purge of both for feeders. No David, no Jojo, uh, his 18th man, which means Grimson comes back to fullback. Uh, Brian Kelly's at centre, pushing Sami to the wing. And Sam Verrills, who I quite rate when he's, uh, when he's fit uh, in at hooker. Uh, for the Tigers, um, obviously, it's all about Johnny Bateman, Isaiah Papali'i and, uh, and Buller there. What's jumping out at you? with this guy, Matt? Yeah, I think the main thing this highlights is that you just can't trust any of the Titans outside backs because every time they lose, I think Justin Holbrook must have like a default plan whereas I've got to drop someone, I've got to drop one of the backs. So Kelly was last week and AKP was the week before. So now it's um, JoJo's turn. So yeah, basically stay away from any of the outside backs because who knows who's going to be dropped next and not. And I expect the Tigers actually win this game. Yeah, and look, for a lot of reasons, but the main reason is that Jaden Sullivan's playing 5'8". That guy passes less than Tyrone Peachy. Jaden Campbell. No, Jaden Campbell, sorry. Yeah, Jaden Campbell. <laughs> the, the, other, the other one's not so hot, crash hot either. But no, Jaden Campbell just doesn't pass. And, you know, that obviously killed what little game time for Fida got on the, on the weekend. But, but, you know, those Titans outside backs, which... Historically, they can actually go fairly well with uh, with Kieran Foran there. As for the Tigers, um, Bateman's going to be a hugely popular trade in this week, and he, and he kind of was a, a sneaky trade in last week. Some people are opting for Papali'i. He's got maybe a little bit better pedigree than Bateman, but Bateman kind of is his own offense, right? He, he kind of engineers his own opportunities, whereas Papali'i kind of relies on being fed stuff there out of the two of them do you have a preference yeah well this is the conversation I had with Matt last week actually we talked about both being good options and I was pretty vocal that Bateman's the guy I would go for just because I don't think properly they've they figured out how to use him on that edge Brooks just doesn't know how to use him it actually looked a little bit more promising this week just gone but I just I think we could see Bateman it doesn't really care who's at half just get him the ball or he'll go get it for himself and then he'll just find ways to make stuff happen 
Uh, sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I think if, if you're an IPAP owner, the hope might be that you know they, Tim Sheens does uh, what Arthur do, did at Parramatta and, and cycling through the middle. Oh, is he signing Mitch Moses? Uh, I mean, who knows? <laughs> that That's prohibitive favourite to beat New South Wales, number seven, <laughs> Mitch Moses, to you. Um, but enough about the Tigers. Uh, get If you don't have Buller, don't care how expensive it is, get him in. He's an absolute super coach gun. How good is he, though? Oh, good is he? Absolutely brilliant. Uh, great that I had. It, it's one of the things that I definitely got right this year. Um, I got plenty wrong. So Raiders Warriors, uh, down at GIO, we mentioned this is Jared Croker's 300th. Plenty of changes. Croker at centre. Sebastian Chris is back at fullback. Horsburgh, I think, to the preferred lock position for Supercoach, although he's done fairly well on an edge, but Elliot Whitehead's back now. And Tarpanay's kind of output is pretty steady regardless of position, but he's a prop. And I'll let you have a crack at the uh, Warriors debutante, mate. Leah Tower? <laughs> sure. Maybe. Let's, get, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, so debuting at centre, uh, although my boy Braden Williami's lurking on the extended bench, maybe he'll be back to make some cash for me. <laughs> You've still got him. I have. He's been a very wow. handy uh, dual position NPR all season. He's, he's helped me with like three or four different trades. How do you have the discipline to hold Braden Williami since round one and yet you've used all your boosts for the last month. Because he's had a dual position. It's been useful. (laughs) Wow. The most useful (laughs) dual position pairing in the game, remember? Yeah, true, true. All right, well, CNK is the one that got away for me. Uh, you've asked in the in the notes, is he a top five centre wing? And he's certainly producing like it just keeps scoring. And that's helped by Sean Johnson, maybe not necessarily being in the form of his life, but, I mean, I think every rugby league fan on the planet is enjoying watching SJ play. Yeah, look, it's certainly, he's clearly in this best form for several seasons. So it's Great to watch. I mean, you know, we talk about when the NRL is in a good place and I think when Sean Johnson plays well, that's another one of those. So, I I mean, he's also scoring quite well for Supercoach. And I talked about this earlier, but I actually think the Warriors have quite a good draw to run home with because I, I think they leave like New Zealand maybe twice after round 20 and every other game's for them being not, not necessarily at Mount Smart, but somewhere in New Zealand. So I think that's going to be good for him. Uh, you know, we've always seen the Warriors fade late in the season, but it just feels like this year might be different for them. So, yeah, really keen for it. I genuinely think SJ, if you don't want to have the Moses drama, like I think he's a viable option. Even though he doesn't play around 16, he does help you around 19. And uh, obviously, yeah, just has been playing really, really well. Yeah, he's 130k cheaper than Moses. You bank 250k, uh, sorry, not 250k, 210 215k going down uh, from Nathan Cleary. So pretty valuable cash to use up. And I mean, he's also the kind of guy, I know it's not supposed to matter in Supercoach, but he's a great watch and and everyone's kind of backing him home. So there's a bit of the feel goods with him as well. Definitely. The, moving on to the next game, the Seagulls and the Dolphins at Four Pines Park. So obviously Tommy Turbo, big in there. Uh, as we talked about, Garrick will move to left centre, Tui Pilotu onto the wing. Samuel Afainu starts again. Although Kelma Tuilangi apparently is uh, still doing non-contact training, but the Seagulls team has said he's a few weeks away, which is a little bit nervous if you don't have him already. On the Dolphin side, obviously, they get Marshall King back. Barmasili is at prop. Obviously, they've lost, you know, Jared Wallace, the suspension. Gilbert's ruled out long-term. And obviously, with Brenko back, they've got Val Meninga back on the bench there. We mentioned him before, Ray Stone, though. Is he a genuine option? He's sitting at 384K, give or take. Break even, I think, is of three. 
and available in hooker or at second row forward. It's got a handy dual position there as well. I mean, handy for the Sonny Luke owners, given Luke played New South Wales Cup uh, last week. I mean, I think he has to be Gilbert's out for the year. He got the dual position there. Look, uh, he's not anything like a kind of final 20 player. I mean, you want him through the buy period until you can kind of upgrade for your team for the run home. But, you know, obviously Origin's not a risk. He's going to play big minutes there. He can jag the occasional attacking stat. So I don't think there's too many of us that are going to be, you know, wanting for money, just given some of the high-profile downgrades that we've been talking about. But if you wanted to put some money in the bank for a rainy day, you know, going down a Fafita to a stone, that's that's there's like two and a half Ray Stones in a David Fafita. It's about the same level of talent disparity <laughs> between them two. But true, yeah, true. look, Stone obviously with bigger minutes the last two weeks since Gilbert's been away, 59 minutes and 68 minutes with scores of 54 and 64 all in base and base attacks. So definitely a very solid, dependable option. But certainly, you know, not going to be a season-long hold, as you say, and probably need to be moved on later in the season, but does have that round 19 coverage as well. So, look, I definitely think it's a viable option, especially if you're really desperate to get a Sunny Luke out of your team. But, um, yeah, not a, not a must-have by any stretch of the imagination there. One person I will say probably is a must-have is Jermaine Asako, oh. the number one averaging center wing, number one averaging it. fullback in the game right now. I can't believe it. I mean, you're. I mean, you're not wrong. I still can't believe it. Um, I've got to work out how to post round sixteen to get him in my side, and God, that makes me feel dirty. Uh, so let's move on to the Dragons, Rabbitohs, uh, Saturday Net Strategy Lee, your boy Murdoch Masilla actually getting a start in lock of all positions, but Bird and uh, Laurie are on the extended bench, kind of lurking there. You know, which might be problematic. Uh, for anyone who held Murdoch Masilla. Speaking of uh, coming from the clouds to start at lock, Shaq Mitchell gets a start with all the, the bunnies injuries and Havili uh, is back from injury on the bench as well. Not a lot doing for me uh, in this game. You're obviously starting your Cody's, your AJ's um, and those kind of guys and you're probably avoiding just about everyone else. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summary, isn't it? Murdoch Masilla is no longer my boy. He's uh, He was traded out last week, thankfully. Uh, good riddance but look he might score all right this week yeah. he's generally been okay i think when he plays in the middle actually scores at a decent ppm just uh, on the edge he's a bit of a bludger unfortunately uh keon kolomatangi is interesting i still think like obviously a big game last week but i think he's playing so well that he genuinely is in the origin conversation again isn't he I mean, yeah, and, and as I was kind of alluding to earlier, I didn't outright say it. I just think all bets are off for what the Origin 2 team could be. I think if Cleary didn't get the injury, I think Fitler probably runs it back and sticks pretty much with the same team. Maybe he drops a winger or, you know, something cosmetic like that. The fact that Cleary's out, there is a real chance that they're going to do some pretty major surgery and, and roll out a kind of, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging you know, kind of way. So, yeah, I just think anyone who is New South Wales eligible, realistically, just wait a week, just wait a week. Well, for for the bunnies, you'd be waiting two weeks. So, yeah. Yeah, so don't trade in Damien Cook. Don't trade in Cody Walker, even Campbell Graham's off limits, Keon Kolomotangi off limits. I think that's probably the 
the sensible way to go about it, right? Alex Johnston's safe just yeah. because they're not, they're not going to do another Nathan Merritt. Uh, they, even even New South Wales selectors have learnt their lesson uh, from that one. All right, Broncos Knights uh, Saturday five thirty game at Suncorp. Selwyn Cobbo's back from his hip injury, so Arthur's drops out. Uh, you got Freeze coming back from Origin duty on the edge. Kurt Mann's back in the fourteen. Jersey and Lockie Miller finally given the mercy killing, taking out the uh, the back of the shed and put out of his misery playing reserve grade. Oh, that seems so harsh, but yeah. And playing 5-8 in reserve grade apparently, so who knows what happens when, if or when, he gets a spot back in first grade. But anyway. Well, he's, he's no Tyson Gamble apparently. Look, Tyson Gamble brings his own intangible qualities that don't get measured. <laughs> intangible, they're very, they're very tangible, mate. Look, is this, I mean... This is me trying to be reserved and not go to all in on the Broncos, but is fifty three nil a possibility again? <laughs> yes, it is a possibility. I'm going to this game, so I hope there's going to be points. Yeah, I just Newcastle. They're, they're kind of stuck around unexpectedly in a few games and, and squeezed a few results out. But um, you just look at this team and the talent's just not there. Again, outside chance Adam Reynolds might you know, come from the clouds to get an origin selection. I mean, he's going to be absolutely leaving it all out there, you know, for, for a bit of a dream recall. I think the Broncos put some serious amount of points on him. So, yeah, obviously you're playing Marju if you've got him. Ponger, I guess, if you have him. But otherwise, it's, they're all stay-aways. Do you think Marju, this is just me asking for a friend, if you don't have him, is he a viable trade-in knowing that he does cover round 16 next week? Not this week. I don't no. think. I just, I just don't see. Again, Marju doesn't need amazing service to to get a respectable score, and we've seen that, you know, throughout the year. But his break even's nineteen, so it's not like it's negative. He's six fifty eight k. So there's a chance if you do hold off on the week, you know, you could be paying kind of just shy seven hundred k. But I, I do think he's probably not worth the risk, um, given. Yeah, would you would you prefer Maju or Karaz, for example, this week if Karaz is fit? Karaz probably just because of price tag, right? But yeah, oh, just the the fact that Maju plays around seventeen is helping my team more because I've already got so many guys on the round seventeen buy to add Karaz, so that would be quite like too risky for me. Mm. So that's why I'm just asking because yeah, Maju, I know it's hard to believe, but second highest averaging center wing for the season, who's played more than one or two games, basically. So, yeah, only 0.6 behind Osako. Well, obviously you'd opt, depending on your numbers, for 16 or 17. Um, all things being equal, Osako's the buy, I think. I say through gritted teeth. But um, but if it works for your team, I guess Marju's okay. Just really don't rely, don't bank on anything big this week. Just feels like he might be an actual genuine season keeper at this point, right? Like, I don't think the Knights would bother dropping him this late in the season. They're just committing to him long-term now. Yeah, it seems that way, and he really is one of the few sources of points for the Knights. Um, Roosters Penrith uh, Saturday at Allianz. Daniel Tupo, a welcome return on the wing, pushes Corey Allen to centre. Penrith a 1-17, to except for Jack Cogger uh, in for Nathan Cleary, as we've discussed. Um, don't know in real NRL kind of how to, how to tip this one, given no Cleary, but from a super coach perspective, is there really any surprises? I mean, maybe you don't play a Taruga, given that Cleary's out. Yeah, I think that's a, you know, if, if you've got some depth, certainly Taruga might be on the you know list of MPRs for you for you this week. I do think, you know, you, you're going to play your Dylan Edwards and Brian Torors and 
Uh, Hosking is someone I am looking to possibly bench. Just depends on your depth, obviously. I was a little bit disappointed last week, but at the end of the day, like I, I don't think that was like I think once Cleary went off, it certainly capped his ceiling. And with him playing round sixteen, I think you just got to persevere, hold him, get decent minutes that week, obviously, and then you can flick him on afterwards. I think that's probably how I would manage the Hosking situation. On the Roosters side, though, Junior Pauger, I think that's how you pronounce it, but he made it to his first game, and with uh, obviously this injury here, I do think he's potentially going to have a spot for a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting that um, Allen pushed into the uh, into the centres. I do think once Suli gets back, you know, Pauger probably is the one that drops out, but that's at least three weeks away. So, or three games away. So that's a decent enough run if you've got those trades. I mean, there seems to be a bit of a disparity in team value this year. So if you're kind of in the low 14 millions um, and you want to pump your team value up, then he could be a quick kind of few weeks trade to, to get you some value and some points. Or maybe if you're trying to, you know, free up some cash, he's probably not a bad downgrade option. He's 265K. Only played one game so far, but, you know, the 40... Sorry, a 53 in there. I think he did have a try, but off a kick. So that's still decent base and base attack, you know, 35 to 40, something like that. And yeah, obviously, if he's got a three, four game run, covers around 16 as well. Yeah, probably not a bad option if you do want to have someone that's playable, most likely, and, and with some potential upside. Because again, you know, it's not so, not, not happened that much in recent weeks, but Bruce's right wing. All last year, you know, Jackson Paulo was a thing for a couple of weeks, just being on the right wing there. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Hauga, assuming he goes to the right wing, because obviously Suoliti was there. So, yeah, assuming with Tupo back, left wing, Hauga right wing, I think it's definitely an option. In terms of Roosters outside backs, how about we just all agree Billy Smith needs to extract a digit and start doing a bit better. Um, Storm Sharks Sunday down at Amy Park. Grant Anderson is named at centre with Justin Olam out. Quite frankly, that alone should be enough of a reason to trade Talakai in. Ramian, Ramian, wrong, wrong edge. Oh yes, of course, yeah, Ramian's on the right. So um, yeah, or you know, Ramian or, or Katoa, that right edge, because um, Grant Anderson's not a centre. I'm surprised he was picked there, and I think the uh, the Sharkies might feast. Uh, Tarek Sims comes onto the bench, and not too much uh, change for the Sharks. McInnes back at 14, which re- relegates uh, cult hero Hazelton. Uh, to the extended bench, but um, even with Munster and, and Grant back, they didn't seem like they have at the Storm. It was, like, honestly, I was shocked that that, that game played out the way it did. But, you know, is that just a flash in the plan from, from the Cowboys just absolutely running hot for half the game? Or, I don't know, uh, I do have some concerns, I think, for Harry Grant in particular. Maybe, you know, Origin combined with, Obviously, the step up in minutes, like a double whammy, right? Like they need him to be out there, but he's obviously not going as hard as he was earlier in the season. Maybe just trying to, you know, nurse himself through this period. Well, the middle stopped going forward. So, you know, no one is more opportunistic in this game than Harry Grant. And when there's a quick play of the ball and the likes of a Sofa Solomon are full forwards, you know, inevitably Harry Grant's scampering off the back of that. And that's just not happening. Basically, after the first kind of weeks that's just stopped happening for the storm so i'm going to hold grant because that's always part of the plan and obviously it doesn't matter how much money he loses if if you're always going to hold him but um it's a big worry for owners for sure yeah look i've I've had people say should i bench him and i'm like 
maybe you should actually because certainly his base has dropped off and you know if he's not getting as you say if the pack's not on a roll he's going to struggle to find those attacking stats but realistically though if you bring if you know i'm considering bringing ray stone in for sunny luke who's sitting there i mean is there a better than 50 percent chance ray stone outscores harry grant this week oh it's it's shocking to even consider that isn't it it's blasphemy but again Jermaine Osako is the highest-scoring fullback in Supercoach, so it's that kind of year. Actually, mentioning your ex-Bronco, I, I forgot to to drop Jake Turpin's name in there when we talked about the Roosters before. <sighs> yeah. Look, to be fair, he scored 55 in base. Basically, he had a force drop out in there, 266K. Well, that's all I'm going to say. If you're struggling for Sonny Luke and you want to, you can't afford 384K for Ray Stone, Turpin might be your guy. Break even of three uninterrupted run the next couple of weeks, he will make more money than Sonny Luke anyway. Oh, man. Like, like I get it, but also it's if you're considering that, I mean, maybe Supercoach isn't for you. Um, <laughs> I'll just leave it there. Bulldogs, Eels, Monday, Aquil Stadium. Jacob Carraz back on the wing, as we've mentioned. Edwards uh, return to the starting lineup at lock. And Patolo's on the interchange. Um, Eels get some troops back. Campbell Gillard back at prop. Davies back on an edge, which pushes Dury to interchange. Welcome for the Eels, obviously. Deal bag status up in the air. It's always a, a rivalry game. This will be tuning in, even though I don't hold up much hope for the doggies. Karaz, Edwards, uh, the standouts for the dogs. Do you think the pack changes at the Eels? Makes anyone more enticing there? Not really. If uh, I mean, Campbell Gillard's return is good for them, but... I kind of think, I mean, Hopgood's hopefully you've held him or, or you've brought him in by now. Like, it's just an awkward price for to jump on. I kind of think, you know, with the injuries for the Queensland, right, obviously Gilbert and now Arrow gone as well. I don't think Hopgood's going to be next man up, but he's somewhat in the conversation. One more injury this week or whatever, and he's definitely, you know, pushing up there, right? So, yeah. I think between Kafusi, if he's eligible, I can't remember if his suspension ends this round or not. I think it does, yeah. Yeah, or obviously Christian Walsh was 19th man, but and then you've got Corey Horsburgh in great form as well, and obviously showcasing his flexibility playing edge and at lock. But, I mean, Hopkins played on the edge as well this year, so I think both could be a genuine you know, replacement for Gilbert. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think probably Hopgood, you need him at some point, but... With Madison not too far away as well, it's gonna, it's it's gonna just such a murky situation overall for the back there, unfortunately. Yeah, bit of a non sequitur. I don't have a ticket to Origin two, but if Horsburgh gets named and he's up against Liam Martin, I will do my utmost to get a ticket because people want to talk about Liam Martin being made for Origin when the horse gets uh, pulled the maroon jersey on, mate. All bets are off. So yeah, he's a madman. Very much looking forward to that. But to your point, I do think he's ahead of Hopgood in the pecking order. So obviously comprehensively gone through the team's list there. Wilf, um, how about we move on to the group call? Yep, so thanks for our friends, uh, Tyler May, who stand for Excellence in Wall and Floor Tiles. First place for first time in quite some time. <laughs> it's the same person. So Ryan, a coach of Financial Panther, a good week, bumping them up from 30th to 8th. So well done there, Ryan. Keep that one up. And if you stick around till the end of the season, 500 bucks will be all yours from us. And if you happen to be a champ, which you're not, so you won't get the other 500. But anyway, if you come second to fourth in our group comp, thanks to our friends at Rugby League Fantasy Pro, you can qualify to get a platinum subscription for 2024 that is uh, valued at roughly 90 bucks for the subscription there. And that covers access to all four fantasy apps, including Supercoach Pro, Fantasy 
Pro, DraftStars Pro, and Punter Pro, fifth to tenth place in the group, will receive a thirty dollar voucher to use in twenty twenty four, which basically that's the cost of Supercoach Pro. Or you can apply it to any of their other subscription packages as well. So definitely check out rugbyleaguefantasypro.com for more info on what's offered. And thanks again to Adrian and the team at Rugby League Fantasy Pro for their generosity there. All right, another big week. Obviously, it feels like I genuinely have too much depth, surprisingly, this week. Uh, like the, My problem is that the drop from a Cleary or deal bags down to you know, your next options, are, it's not pretty. But yeah, I've got a lot of green lights, which is a weird thing after the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, it's a weird one. I've got Fafita, who I tend to think is probably a priority trade-out for me, particularly if I'm going to hold Cleary. So really, apart from him, it's the it's the Sonny Luke slash Ray Stone uh, consideration there for me. You, you wouldn't bite on, uh, you know, extend the olive branch for the first chumps bet of the year, but that's all right. You didn't want to take my Harry Grant Ray Stone bet. We'll have to come up with some uh, for later in the year, mate, because um, I think the, the champs deserve seeing you in bleach blonde hair again after losing a bet. Surely not again. It was bad enough for the first time, wasn't it? We'll work something out. Yeah, I, I just I don't think there's anything that we've either really felt more any. We should probably made one for Jermaine Psycho, which yeah. I'd be winning at the moment. So You would absolutely be thrashing the pants off me, frankly. Oh, good. Oh, good. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow with um, you know, more in-depth strategy chat in particular and number crunching as always. And yeah, it'd be an interesting round for captaincy. So no doubt I'm looking forward to chatting with uh, Tim Moody on that one there. So yeah, we'll catch you again tomorrow. See ya.